Hello, and welcome survivors to the Identity of Health podcast. I am the host and founder of Identity of Health, Matt Rowe. During my journey of controlling and reversing my symptoms of MS, I was inspired to meet others who have decided to control and heal disease using unconventional means. During every episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with the disease because they made the choice to survive and thrive and give themselves permission to heal. Today's show is brought to you by Organic Farmers Everywhere and the healthy soils they grow their foods in. It is also brought to you by the book, Identity of Health, Mastering the Mindset to Heal by Matt Rowe. Follow Identity of Health on Facebook, Instagram, and go to my website, identityofhealth.com, and follow my newsletter where I will be your guide on your journey to a healthier life. Now, on to the show. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing Leah Shockley, founder of Life Talks Table, a complete immersive healing experience addressing all seven energy centers in the body. I met Leah a few weeks back and had an incredible conversation with her and about her journey, um, but I want Leah to tell the journey. So Leah, when did you first know something wasn't quite right? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I was about, I was 22 years old and it was just a normal day as usual. Um, I was working as a waitress at the time, um, trying to um, work my way through school and, um, it, I think it was a little stressful at the time. I mean, I, I my family background wasn't the greatest. Um, I had to work for everything that I had and uh, make ends meet. Um, so the stress was definitely there. And I just remember coming home from a long shift, going to bed, and then waking up the next morning and that band, that strap around your stomach, mm-hmm. um, it went totally numb. And I, I didn't quite know. I thought I'd slept wrong on my back and, or my mom said, Oh, maybe you have, um, what is that sciatica or something's going on. So I was like, I guess so. I don't know. So I put the hot pad on it, went to work as usual, came home, went to bed, woke up. And then I couldn't feel from that bandwidth all the way down, um, to the tips of my toes. So at that point, yeah. So at that point I was like, okay, something is probably not right. Maybe we should go to a chiropractor, so on and so forth. So I had scheduled an appointment. Fast forward um, a few days later, and I virtually lost feeling from the neck down. And um, as well as some motor skills, I was able to formulate sentences, but I just, I couldn't feel, I couldn't touch, I couldn't wash myself, I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. And for a 22-year-old, um, that's pretty devastating. I was pretty active, um, especially socially. And I'll, obviously for my job, I was a waitress. So it was, it was a shock. It was a shock and for sure. The time frame from the band around, right around that midsection yeah. went numb or went, you know, that feeling of numbness and how long before everything went numb below your neck? Um, I mean, I want to say, 
I mean, it had to have been over the course of four to five days. Like I went to bed and woke up and every time I woke up, something else went Holy like something God. else I couldn't feel. Yeah. Um, so it happens. It happened really, really quickly. Really Thank quickly. you for saying, for telling us that that is, yeah. um, what was going through your head? I mean, you're experiencing <laughs> like for me, I would have been in a mass panic from the moment like how did you like what was going through your head how did you maintain i know well and then i think i well because honestly i think you just be, you get into a state of shock and at the time i had no idea what was happening and my mom um i think she took it much worse than, than i did initially um she was a massage therapist and she understands like different parts of, of your back and the body and how the spinal cord can get tangled up so initially we're thinking okay a chiropractor but then you know after everything kind of went she's like well let's go let's go to your your pcp and see what's what's going on so she did this really weird test with a long metal like probe looking thing and like ran it across my stomach and my back and she's like I, we have to, we have to take everything into account. Um, we have to rule out Parkinson's. We have to rule out lupus. We have to rule out multiple sclerosis, et cetera, et cetera. I really think you need to go see a neurologist. So it just kind of progressed. I think it was like a two week process from that point where I went to the neurologist, he did whatever tests he did. And then basically said, yeah, you know, he sat us down in his little, his little consulting room and my mom was there and then her spouse was there and then I was there and um, he said, you have RRMS or relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis and this is what your life is going to look like. You know, this is what you have to expect. And my mom like totally lost it, broke down and I'm just kind of sitting there like mouth agape, eyes wide, like what the hell is, I'm sorry, <laughs> what the heck is MS? And, and yeah. what is, what, what do you mean? This is what it's going to look like for me. Right. Oh, and we're, Leah, we're talking about weeks. Going weeks. from working, being a waitress, kicking butt, loving life to yeah. then sitting agape in the doctor's office. Right. With, with this, I mean, for me, it felt like almost like a death sentence, right? It's not, but it, for me at that moment, cause I was so young and I was so active. Right. That's exactly what it felt like. Holy cow. So what yeah. is going on in your head? The question I want to point back to that question before what's, I mean, what was your thought process when all of this is happening? Because that's sudden when it came, yeah. came out. So, I mean, my thought process during that time was that I took what the doctor said as Bible. I, I, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I guess, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I, I went through a, a very massive state of shock. I was super mm -hmm. emotional. Um, for right. a while I got very depressed. Um, and then I got to the groove of like, well, I guess, you know, I want to know what my options are to, to continue to keep moving and to be as active as I can be mm -hmm. and still have a normal life for as long as I can. So the entire diagnosis, the diagnosis process took weeks, but I mean, the, the process after that to, to learn about medication and what my options were and going off this medication on this one. Um, I know, uh, Copaxone, I believe was the first one that they, that they tried to get me on. I was on it for a period of time. Um, and it, I just remember like feeling, I, I remember I was sitting, I was sitting 
in my bedroom going through the motions of the like the auto eject i guess that they give yeah. you at this time um and my mom helping me like mark my body to learn where i would have to do my injections and to make sure that i didn't I didn't repeat a spot, right? Because right. I, I guess that's detrimental. So I'm like going through that, holding this autoject, going through like my mom's reading the pamphlet. I'm sitting on the side of my bed and I just, I remember it just started to break down and thinking like, this can't be the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. This can't be, this cannot be real. Mm -hmm. um, even though I did, I proceed, you know, you have that, you have a moment of, of cognitive dissonance, which I think is normal. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like I was hovering over my body for, for a moment in time thinking like, this just doesn't feel like my life. And it's, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, mm -hmm. But as I'm going through all the medications, I'm, my body is actually going through terrible reactions, uh, way worse than the actual disease was doing to my body itself naturally. Um, and I, I remember switching. Hopaxone put me in the hospital. I had um, I had several cases of staph infection okay. from the autoject. Even though I thought you know you're supposed to wipe with the alcohol cloth and do all the th I did everything, but my body was just having this reaction. Mm -hmm. And then I remember they switched me to um, beta seron, which um, they say can cause uh, severe forms of depression. Well, that happened to me. Um, there was a moment where after I switched from Copaxone, I was on beta seron for like, I want to say two weeks. And, you know, what I'm about to say is it's not a pretty picture, but I want to be as real and authentic with people as possible. Yeah. I was, um, I was home alone. Everybody was at work and I was, I was living, I, I moved back in with my mother because mm -hmm. I needed help, obviously. Um, so I just remember getting, caught up in my head about what was happening in my life at this young age. And yeah. I was just hysterical. I walked over to the kitchen and I grabbed a knife and I held my wrist mm -hmm. over the kitchen sink with the knife, not, not across, but upward as one would do. And I, there, I almost felt like I did actually have an outer body experience that said call all I heard was call, call your mom, call your friends, call someone call. Mm -hmm. So I, I, before I got a little bit of a slit, but not nothing crazy. And I, I dropped the knife and I ran to the phone and I called, um, I called my mom and she freaked out. And I think with, I literally think within like less than 10 minutes, I had eight people at the front door. Good. Just there uh, to support me through that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I would do want to put out there: don't ignore the little voice, and thank, thank the Lord that you listened to it. Yeah, called, and you made that choice. I, I'm tears in my in my eyes because that is such a a really true, authentic story of what can happen to us at the age of 22 when your life is completely changed in after waking up one morning right oh my gosh like absolutely leah thank you and i want to just congratulate you for getting to the point that you're at today it is it's been a journey yeah <laughs> yeah so tell us more so um yeah 
So after this moment, you have eight people at your house and they're all supporting you. And yes. I have to say for every listener out there, the power of support. Like oh my gosh. your healing team and your support team that you can, without even a moment's notice, make a phone call and get eight people at your house without even blinking yeah. an eye is critical. It is, it is critical. And it, I mean, I quite frankly think it, it really saved my life. It saved my life. But, you know, after everybody came and, and we had our emotional moments and everything, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I was admitted into the hospital for, um, for depression and attempted suicide. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, okay, well, you're, we see here that you're an MS patient. We see here that you're on beta steron. We see here that it, you know, it, it can cause intense depression. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I looked at the nurse and I looked at my mom and I said, this is unacceptable. <laughs> like, you're this is so unacceptable. Are you like, because yeah. I'm, I'm a happy, you know, even, even when, you know, I had the diagnosis, yes, you can go through stages of depression that's understandable but yeah. like to actually think about taking my own life that's just never ever crossed my mind so my mom's like it's okay you know we'll find another therapy and I think at that moment I'm like no I will not do anything else or put anything else in my body this is this is for me that was like the tipping point yes um so I went to, I went through several neurologists I actually wound up switching neurologists at some point because the one doctor was very just almost so much pressure to to do the therapy whatever therapy it was at the time and this was a while ago so we didn't i think jolinia which was the 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 only oral supplement at the time was um where i where i ended up where uh, the last neurologist that i saw wanted me to be on but yeah. then at that point i'd have to be on a heart monitor and i would have to be in in the hospital for x amount of weeks to be to make sure that i wasn't going to go through a heart attack or you know heart failure and I, it just kept getting worse. Like no matter what yeah. I tried to do, no matter what medication. And so I, so I was like, I, I, I was like, no, I, 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 there has to be, there has to be another way. Yes. There has to be another way. Mm -hmm. So um, fast, fast forward quite a bit. Um, I stopped seeing the neurologist. Uh -huh. I moved to uh -huh. California. Um, and then various other places around the United States. And um, I grew up, I'm not sure how other people grow up, um, but I grew up with a, a, a pretty um, meta, heavy metaphysical background where mm -hmm. I did understand um, energy points and I understood the power of meditation and yoga. Um, I didn't apply it to my life as heavily at that time, but um, I, I definitely... I, de I definitely had a rude awakening and, and wanted to actually learn more, but it wasn't enough for someone to say, to say to me, well, you can heal yourself. Um, you know, you could just, you know, go through different, different versions of like meditation and you can actually change your diet and you just have to start exercising a little bit more and doing, doing all these things to, to kind of reset your body, um, which I did all of those things. And it did take some time, um, for me to, to kind of find my little sweet spot, if you will. Sure. Um, but I guess I, through that, I was still, I was still suffering. I was still suffering some, from some lapses. Mm. Um, now back when I was 22, my first diagnosis, they, they told me that I would be in a wheelchair by the time I was 27, 28 years old. Um, which is also enough motivation for anyone to, uh, yeah. to really understand what your other options are. Um, I am, and 
after hearing that and then under and kind of applying a little bit of my metaphysical background coupled with understanding the importance of like food and exercise um i i started to gradually grow went through a lot still went through you know exacerbations and things like that but they were very sparse they were very far few in between and mm -hmm. none of the relapses that i've had since have been as bad as that first time yeah um and i i solely believe it has a lot to do with not only you know what you put in your body but also your mindset and what what you choose to believe about yourself and your life and and kind of your your just your existence here um love how you said what you choose to believe yes because nobody can say hey leah this is what you're going to think today when you wake up no it really comes down to that little voice that we have in our head I know mine for my little voice, mine always tells me that I'm not enough or don't let right. people know that you have this or try to hide it and all of everything that you do. So it just brings more stress and anxiety and all this stuff. But yes, you have the ability to choose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's what people didn't tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they they wanted to find, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very common and even encouraged truly to find community and belonging, mm -hmm. um, inside of, of these groups that have what you have. And, and that can be very supportive and, and very helpful for you to get through. But even in, even in that notion, um, I think that people were really kind of wallowing a little bit in well, today I lost feeling here or I shifted from RRMS to progressive MS. And, you know, now this looks like this is what my future looks like now. And now I have to make sure that my, my kids are going to be taken care of and my, my husband and or wife is going to, you know, and it was just kind of that talk. And, yeah. and that talk just felt like, well, that's really draining. And that's really, you're, you're kind of, you know, you have this means to an end type of type of feeling and, and, and uh, that vibration or that energy you're putting out there. And I just, again, didn't want to even accept that as, as, as real, that's not acceptable. Um, so I think I started, I started uh, pulling myself away from those, those uh, quote unquote support groups. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just became my own advocate mm -hmm. for health. Um, and so bridging it back, tying it in with the, with the whole metaphysics part of it, I realized that a lot of, through extensive research, that a lot of trapped emotions inside the body manifests itself as ailment. And, and it doesn't have to look like MS. It could look like anything. It could look like rheumatoid arthritis. It could, it could look like gout. It could look like, you know, whatever infections in the body. It could look like cancer. It can look like various types of, of illness or dis-ease in the body, mm -hmm. um, depending upon what, what emotional entrapment is there. So once I started to learn that, um, I started to apply that to myself. I think that's beautiful. You know, you look at like Louise L. Hayes, you can hear yes. life, the little blue book that she wrote. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time that I was introduced into the fact that those energy centers that where you, it can get trapped and no matter, you know, what you believe or God spirit, whatever it is out there, there is something bigger than all of us. And yeah. we are energetic beings. I mean, think of something you want in your life, and then all of a sudden, you either presented with that. 
I mean, from level. So like if you think of a red sports car, all of a sudden that day, reticulated activating system, all you see is red sport cars. Right. Yes. That happens you, so much. You pay attention to it. But how is that any different than, you know, healing our own bodies with our mindset? Now, granted, we're not, I'm not saying that, you know, avoid all medical, you know, Western medicine, all that type of stuff, play it into an account, but definitely do not ignore your thought process. Because like what you said, and what we talked about is you have a choice of what you, you know, think. So mm -hmm. when we had a conversation a couple of weeks back, you started to talk about the third option. Can you right. expand on that for me a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, and 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 that's a good segue because that, essentially that's what I'm talking about. When when I when I made the decision to say no to modern or Western medicine mm -hmm. and to heal myself naturally, I started right. to do a lot more research into what that looked like. And at first, you know, everybody absolutely wants to tell you that it's food and not just you know low low carb, low calorie, low fat diet food. Um, right. It's it's wholesome engaging organic food that that supports our our immune system and, and our body as a whole on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. so that's obviously people have, i'm sure have seen various documentaries there's tons on on netflix and and i think the very first one that i saw and maybe everybody saw was fed up um, by michael moore which was amazing um yeah. so it was really introducing myself to that then obviously being be having an active life in whatever way that looks, you don't have to run marathons necessarily, but you know, doing yoga or running or whatever it is um, that suits yeah. you, right. Moving, moving the body, which is really big for, for multiple sclerosis or MS patients. Um, it's just to keep moving. So you don't lose that, that muscle mass. Um, but even when I married those two things and I started changing my life in that way, I still was experiencing these lapses or, or things that were going on um, in, inside my body, inside my nervous system. And so I, I dug a little bit deeper. And the third, the third component for me was really understanding how um, I've went through, as many people do, um, a really difficult uh, childhood. And, and you had a, re a really difficult history or past. And even growing up, I, I, I suffered a lot of different traumatic experiences in my life. And mm -hmm. I realized how much those experiences have impacted me as an individual and mm -hmm. how much I have not dealt with that trauma or that unhealed uh, or those unhealed emotions that got trapped in my body. Right. So I did more, even more research at that point to understand, well, what does trapped emotion look like? What is it, mm -hmm. you know, the different things. And that's where Louise Hay came into, into play for me, that little blue book. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to render and, and like kind of bring the muck up out of my body if it sometimes it seeps from your pores you know like but it's stuck in there and when it gets yeah. stuck you know it, it can translate as you know indigestion or gallstones or whatever yeah um and so understanding that what multiple sclerosis meant on a metaphysical level is just it's just extreme stress tension and pressure that one would put on themselves for perfection and yeah. i am the epitome of a perfectionist in so many ways which I think is unhealthy. I mean, it's not balanced. Yeah. So that, that third component is really understanding that, that food and exercise play a role. Absolutely. They, they are integral to your healing, but also look further and understand that the emotions that are trapped within the body, maybe things that you're holding on to that, you know, you didn't think that you were a lot of this is, is subconscious 
right. that needs to be tapped into to actually to to render it, let go of it, and heal yourself completely once and for all. This is why I met you, Leah. The, what you just said is so important to us all. But I mean, when we grow up, this isn't taught to us. No. Somewhat like a little like, oh, that's wooey. That's, you know. Right. That's new agey. Talk, yeah. yeah. Don't talk about yeah. energy and energy <laughs> centers. And then at some point, I mean, you don't go to a bar with your friends and go, let me talk to you about the energy centers and how they could be blocking you. So, right. But that's why I love what you do is you are talking about bringing a community together to actually address these seven energetic points throughout our body and helping us deal with it. But you're going to do it on a whole different level, bringing people together in a community like atmosphere, as I mentioned, but doing it around food, doing it Absolutely. around true joy and being together and really, you know, down from just from visually what you see, but from what you hear, from what you experience and all that. Can you tell me a little bit about what you, you know, what you're doing and how that is kind of help so many people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so that's just, you kind of hit the nail on the head, head a little bit because, you know, you don't, you don't go to a bar and, and talk about your, your energy centers or your energy <laughs> points. And man, I'm really dealing with, I didn't ground today. I didn't sit in the grass or put my feet, you know, like we don't talk about stuff like no. that, but that's kind of, that's a little bit of the, of the problem, right? But right. you know, we, we can't, we're trying to get everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I'm trying to, to make it a more approachable, I'm trying to make it more approachable and, and let people have an experience mm -hmm. um, and, and feel like they're not alone. So, I mean, at our community table, I mean, there would be no less than 15, no more than 30. And mm -hmm. we're all sitting together and you're going through seven micro courses. You're going through like the first one is the root. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go through like the, the red, you know, we'll have a dish that resembles all things that are organic, natural, and red. So like that, those are beets, those are strawberries, those are tomatoes. We'll, we'll go from the red to the, to the sacral chakra, which is orange, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And so you're, you're kind of, not only are you eating the foods that can nourish the body, but we're also going to be um, playing different types of, of music that help you attune to that that energy center. Um, there's going to be different tapestries and artwork on the walls. There's going to be different lighting that's going to that's going to um, coincide or correlate with whatever dish we're going to be offering and talking about. And it's really just this immersive experience where we're hitting all five senses, but we're doing it in a concentrated fashion to to conjure that healing. And you know, a notebook with a pen will be um, next to each each uh, table setting. So you can take notes. We encourage people to cry, to laugh, to, to do whatever it is that they do in that moment. And then after it's all said and done, it's just kind of like an open forum. Everybody talks to one another. What was your experience like? What came up for you? And it's really just about finding whatever it is that's trapped emotionally inside whatever forum or I'm sorry, inside whatever area of the body. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and to and encourage people to to come together as a community knowing you know it's not it's not a one-on-one -on -one weird conversation where i feel off put you know i'm i'm sitting here just as you know joe schmo from across the street is sitting here and we're all there for the same reason which is i want change i want healing i i, I know that there's other things out there there's other options and that's really the only motivation you would need yeah to, to to join and sit at our table i mean and the healing will take care of itself and i'll, I'll facilitate that so I mean, that's kind of what people can expect. <laughs> yes. I mean, like when you look at something like that is we go so much towards Western medicine because this is what we've been taught ever since we could speak. Right. Right. You know, any emotion we have is get sick, go see a doctor. But you're talking about if you have a disease, go look at what's might be causing that disease. So not just Absolutely. the symptom itself, let's go down to the root cause of what might be driving this. And from an energetic level, yeah, we live in a society today where energy is just concentrated. Like you look at how you feel as an individual. I mean, tell me the last time you were on Facebook and felt really confident about everything you did. You don't because you see everybody's life in their perfection. Yeah, nobody yes. on Facebook had a really hard day today, or you know, I had yeah. zits that came up and I was popping zits all morning. No, no, no. <laughs> talks about that on Facebook. They talk about had this great trip, so amazing, and then ultimately the viewer who's having a life that's normal looks at it and goes, "What the hell did I do wrong?" I know. <laughs> Comparison. So, yeah. All you got to do is throw a disease on top of that that's unexplainable. Why? Yeah. 22 years old. Why the heck did I get this? Why am I experiencing this now? This isn't right for me. And you just go to the doctor, Rob. But to have the wherewithal to actually point to the energetic level, I mean, that's something is, is, did you tell me the story that you went in the doc went into the doctor and the doctor's like, don't tell anybody because you were feeling better? Oh yeah. So okay, so fast forward to 2013. I think uh -huh. how old was I? I think it was I don't know, 20, 28 at the time. Um, and I was going through a little bit of um a lapse. Again, nothing was ever as bad as the first time, but it was enough for me to say, okay, I guess I should get um another bout of um to, to get a, another MRI, to get it updated, to see where, where things have sure. gone. So I, I did that, sat down um, in the neurologist's office to go over the scans and he held up the scans into the light and kept looking at them. Like he, he would flip the scans over, flip them back, flip them over, flip them back, keep looking and examining them and saying, well, if all my MS patients look like this, I'd be out of a job. And I looked at him and he was like, he was upset. He was perturbed that like your, your, first of all, your neck lesions are almost completely dissipated. And there's one active lesion in your brain right now, which is what you're feeling. But all these other ones that existed back in like 2011, 2010, whatever, have completely been annihilated. What did you do? Oh, I'm like, accusatory like. I know. <laughs> I love this. I know. And I'm just like, and I'm looking at him kind of like half tears in my eyes because I would expect that my neurologist would be happy that fives in the office. Like, oh my gosh, Leah, you are amazing. Can you come talk to my other patients? We want yeah. to this. Yeah. Thinking no. like you're going to be held in a chair, walked out of the office with bands playing around you. I <laughs> 
you know, like to now experience that from your neurologist who is trying to heal you. Yeah. But then he looks at Allegedly. you and he's like, don't tell anybody. If don't, yeah. if, if all of my MS patients, I'd be out of a job thinking about it self-centered, but you're the one that has to go through this. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. That is, it, it was, it was unsettling because you, you know, you put it up until that point, you, you kind of put your faith in, in, in the medical system to some degree at that, at that juncture in life. Yeah. And you're, I would expect, like you said, shouldn't you be excited? Maybe we should do workshops and, and sit around and, and talk to other MS patients who, right. right. But it wasn't that at all. It was more about, it was about the ego. It was about money. It was about, you know, well, how, how, you know, how faithful of a patient are you going to be? if you look like this when, you know, you were diagnosed when again. Right. So it's, it's just, it's just, it was an ode to, okay, well, I, I actually made a good decision. I made a great decision for myself and yeah. And I've pulled myself away from, from, you know, modern, modern medicines, MDs and PCPs altogether, you know? So. My gosh. So what is the disease taught you? Leah? Oh gosh. I think the disease has taught me to, to look at yourself and to understand that, to, to understand that we've all been brought up in, in a certain pattern or program um, to, to, to lean into. Um, a lot of people would maybe call that the American dream. Um, and that obviously has shifted quite, quite significantly at this time in life. Um, and that I think for a lot of reasons why this developed is because I was trying to fit in so many boxes for so long. I was trying to please people and appeal to, you know, what my parents wanted, what my, what my, um, my significant others wanted, what my friends were doing. And I just, I, I layered the expectations on myself um, so significantly um, that it started to translate not in a good way within my physical body. And so the disease has taught me so much about myself and even though, you know, you go through your ups and your downs and no day is ever perfect. And my, I'm still, I'm still striving toward perfect health, mm -hmm. but I am so confident that I'll get there. I think it just, it, it just pay attention to what your body really needs. And then beyond that, what your soul or your spirit really wants and needs as well. I think it's really taught me to be true um, to myself and to understand that, I, I just have something so much more to offer and it's different mm -hmm. and, and that's okay to be different because I've been different my whole life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I, that's what I feel like. Oh, on that note, I'm going to stop there. That was so beautifully said. Um, you are a true, uh, just a soul that I love speaking with and a soul that I love being around because you can feel it. You can feel everything about your side of defiance and this is what I'm going to do. And that, no, that's not right. There's right. something not right with this. And you questioned it instead of taking what was served to you. You said, there's gotta be something more. And I, have so enjoyed this conversation and the conversations I've had with you before this. And 
I'm looking forward to hopefully being a part of your life in regards to having you come in and speak and do a workshop for me and oh, be absolutely everything that I'm doing. Yeah. You are a, one of those stories that I love hearing about and an individual I love being around. So thank you very much, Leah, for everything today and spending time with me today. So if you want to know more about what Leah is doing, you can visit www.lifetalkstable.com. So I'll say that again, lifetalk, I'll spell it, L-I-F-E <laughs> talks, T-A-L-K-S, table, T-A-B-L-E.com. I wanted to spell it because it's so important that when you start to lean towards healing, these are the types of things that really address the, not the symptom, but it's going to address the root cause. Until we understand the root cause within ourselves and for each of us, it's individual, but getting down to the core of that root cause, I think at some point, we're just going to keep trying to fix it with medicine. And that only lasts for how long or until something else happens and it changes the trajectory of our lives. So with everything that you've pointed to and how you heal has been beautiful, Leah. And once again, it has been a joy to be with you today. Yeah, it's been a joy to be here. Thank you. Thank you all for listening today and I hope you left inspired. This show is made possible by great sponsors and followers like you. And if you want to know how to become a sponsor, please visit the contact page at identityofhealth.com. And while you are there, sign up for our newsletter and pre-order your copy of Identity of Health. Now, all pre-orders receive a personally signed copy by me, Matt Rowe. Remember, you are good enough to heal anything, and I hope you give yourself permission to heal.